0: Hi everyone. Today's topic is creating boundaries. This is a topic that we all face, we all struggle with. And we often think about boundaries as saying no, being firm and rigid and saying what we're not going to do. But today's guest, Michelle Bogan, helps us take a new look at boundaries because. Her opinion is that they are major enablers to achieving your big picture goals. So we're going to relook at that a little bit. We also know that any major change that you're going through or experiencing at life and in work can really, really test our boundaries. You're going to hear lots of tips, ideas for rethinking boundaries, how to set them, and how to do it your way. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Michelle Bogan. I know I really did. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Today, our topic is a good one, and it is around setting your own boundaries. And I'm really excited about this topic because this is a lifelong struggle for me. I'm still working on it. So I can't wait to get into this. And we have the perfect guest to talk about boundaries. And that is my friend, Michelle Bogan, who has her mission is to help companies create equitable workspaces. She's the founder and CEO of Equity at Work, helping leaders achieve major impact through their diversity, inclusion, and inequity work. She is also on the investment committee for the RevTech Equity for Women Fund. And you can follow Michelle on LinkedIn and you can visit her website, Equity at Work. There's a lot more I could tell about you, Michelle. What headlines have I missed? What would be important for someone listening to know about you that I didn't cover?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, you're very
0: <laughs> I
1: would say, I mean, I also been on a lifelong journey with you know identifying where I should establish boundaries and creating boundaries. And I think what's contributed to that is sort of this intersection of personal and professional. I do DE and I work now, but I came at it from 25 years in retail strategy and retail consulting work. So I've been been in a lot of client facing roles in different organizations, which means you have a lot of different people pulling at you all the time that you are supposed to keep happy all the time. So <laughs> that definitely informs it. And and also just personally, you know, be I'm a single parent with two kids. They are very, very busy. And you know, so establishing sort of boundaries with them as they, you know, get older and, and expect more, I would say definitely has contributed to some of the boundary setting and just constant reinforcement that I've got to do it to keep, you know, keep myself going and and keep everyone that needs to be, you know, kept moving, keep them moving too. So
0: for sure. And I love your, you know, to keep everyone happy, which we all know, right. That's an impossible goal, but yet here we sit with that goal. And, you know, the other reason Michelle when we you and I have had real life experiences and conversations about this very topic we've worked together on clients we've been friends we actually met through a mutual friend and have had conversations about life work etc and so this topic was one we've had real time experiences and discussions about and so i thought what wow, what a perfect person you are to dive into this and kind of deconstruct it because I really don't know anybody in our world who doesn't face this just kind of on an ongoing basis. So with that, let's jump in here. And what do you think setting boundaries really means? When you talk about that, how do you describe it? What are people doing that are setting boundaries?
1: So, you know, the word boundary, I think for most people invokes this like hard line in the sand or a wall or, you know, something very rigid and and what I have learned over time is that setting bound, ba- and it also, it sort of in, in also invokes this image of pushing back. But I think of a boundary as something that's a little more protective and is, you know, can be a little bit malleable and, and a little bit fluid, but it's really up to you to determine what that is. And I had somebody say to me, want, give me this sort of scenario to imagine yourself in once that I think is really helpful. So if you imagine yourself being put into a dark room and it's pitch black and there are no windows, there's no light coming in anywhere. And you're standing in the middle of that room. The first thing that you would probably do is reach out and try to find the walls or touch the floor or find the ceiling. So you're kind of, which means really you're naturally trying to find the boundaries around you. So you know that you have, what the space is and that you've got some space to work within. And I think it's a great analogy for how to think about boundary setting in your own life, both in work and personal. Mm
0: -hmm. Talk more about this. I I like what you're talking about that. It's a little more fluid. It's not rigid. And it is funny. Boundaries kind of has that word, like here's my boundaries, right? You don't cross that line. Like how do you think about that so that you have that flexibility when you need it?
1: Well, I will say I, I, you know, I do have some hard boundaries that I've established for myself in my life. And those tend to be around things that are sort of critical to keep myself going. So things around, (laughs) you know, sleep, occasionally exercise. I am very protective of, you know, certain kinds of time with my kids where I know I might have a tiny window to actually get, they're both preteen or teenager. So tiny windows where I might get some input from them. So those are the things that are kind of hardline things for me. I would say kind of situation specific and from a work standpoint, kind of client specific or, you know, whoever I'm interacting with is kind of specific to that situation. And it may go up and down. I will say one thing I've learned over time is you don't necessarily have to say your boundaries out loud to anyone else, but you need to be clear on what they are yourself. And I had a situation pop up recently after I started my business about four years ago I had a partner who had brought me in on an opportunity and I started to work with him and he had started his business about the same time. And it was funny. And he's someone who was, you know, he is work, work, work hundred percent of the time loves that. That is, you know, his lifestyle of choice and, and just thrives Mm -hmm. on that. And part of why I started my business was to have full control over my schedule.
0: Yeah,
1: And he sent me, I think it was an email or a text, you know, saying that he needed something turned around right away on the over the weekend, but I could tell from what it was, it didn't really need to be turned around right away. It was more that he would prefer <laughs> that it be turned <laughs> yes. around right away. And I thought, okay, this is an opportunity to, in a very nice way, communicate my boundary. And so I said, you know, I'm very happy to get to this first thing Monday morning, but weekends are sacred family time. And I just left at that. And he said, oh, I'm so glad you told me. I didn't even think about it. Monday would be great. And it was never a problem again. And it, you know, and it can feel nerve wracking, I think, for people to sort of say some of that out loud. But if you do it in a way that's respectful and and explains why without going on and on and on about it, then in most cases, people are really receptive to that and, and respect you for, you know, for making that clear for them.
0: I hmm. Also, I like your kind of no apologies approach. I, I think about talk about a hard boundaries, I think back in my life, when our boys were younger. And I would like it could be the, the Mother's Day school tea that was 45 minutes and you go, mm-hmm. that to me was sacred. I was going there. And so I would just, well, I'm not available Friday between 11 and one, but I could talk to you earlier that morning, or, you know, whatever. And, it, those were I didn't know apologies. And I can remember talking to so many other women or seeing so many other women who w- the guilt caused mm-hmm. them to be taking the phone call in the hallway at the school or, mm-hmm. you know, there are times if you have big jobs, stuff comes up. Right. You, yeah. let's, let's just acknowledge that. But just as a way of kind of your mode of operation, I saw so many people kind of that guilt or that I'm not going to be good enough if I set those boundaries. Does that make sense? I don't know if you've seen that or experienced that.
1: I have lived that, <laughs> seen it, you know, struggle. We I ended. mean, I think that's part of, you know, trying to, you know, all of us who are, you know, driven and want to be high achieving and high contributing and all of those things, you know, we feel like we need to be doing all these things at the same time. But the reality is you do, you end up doing your colleague, your client, whoever it is you're on the phone with, a bit of a disservice because you're not really focused on them and you're not really present for your kid and -hmm. you're feeling bad about both. (laughs) So nobody wins in that situation. And one of the benefits now of this sort of shift to so many of us having to work from home from COVID and so forth is it's forced a lot of people to have a very realistic, a reality-based conversation about, you know, the lines between our professional and personal lives are much more fluid than maybe we would have admitted to ourselves or to each other before. Yeah. And as part of that, I think, you know, in, certainly in, in um, supportive work environments, people have been very understanding and accommodating of their peers, of their employees, et cetera, about those things that come up that are, you know, just really important that you, you know, that tea that you mentioned is one time a year. So it's really important for you and your kids that you're there I have a similar story that I will share. You know, I think a lot of people naturally associate the need for boundaries with women because of all the caregiving that, you know, tends That's to fall on women with this. But someone who made a huge impression to me very early in my career was a gentleman who was the probably second or third most senior person in my previous consulting firm, very family oriented guy, but he was on the road all the time for mm-hmm. his job. And we were doing a project together, and I was in charge of scheduling things. And this was long before I had kids, but he, we had something that was going to come up around Halloween. And I didn't think twice about it. I think, especially because I didn't have kids, like I, it just didn't yeah. register with me. On your I also mm-hmm. thought, well, work is the most important thing. And so, you know, <laughs> this takes the priority. And we had a meeting that would have involved him traveling on Halloween. And he said in front of, several senior level client folks in that room, you know, I'm sorry, but I have to be home for Halloween. That is just a really important holiday for my family. So either I won't be able to attend or I'm happy, you know, we can find a new date for the meeting. And it just, to have a senior man say that made such a huge impression. I've had other male bosses and peers, you know, say similar things or have, you know, like I've got one Mm -hmm. that, No matter what, if his kid calls, we drop everything. Doesn't matter who's in the room, (laughs) what the conversation is, he gets on the Mm -hmm. phone. For the guys to do that too is just so important. Um, I think especially with family things, but just all of us need to be, Mm -hmm. if we're in a position that's a little more senior and can role model for others, I think it's so important to set those, um, Mm -hmm. give those examples and show how they can work really well for everybody.
0: Right and I think too you know what you're touching on I mean we the the examples we've given you know have been you know those of parents but it's also those boundaries are important for your mental health they're important for also I think about perspective. I don't know how many times it happens to me all the time. When you're working a lot, your perspective, the little things seem like huge things. And if you can step away, get a break, draw some boundaries in your life, then the next day that looks a little different, you know? So I I think there are so many reasons beyond our family and relationship obligations for sometimes it's just for ourselves, isn't it? I mean, those boundaries, you know,
1: Absolutely. I think mental health is a big one. And I do, I'm just like you, Patty, I find when I can step away from something that tends to be the times that I, you know, sort of something that's been sort of in the back of my mind finally comes to the forefront and I, you know, something clicks or a new way of looking at a problem comes to the front of my brain. Oh, yeah. I've been told that that's not a real thing, the back of mind, in front of mind, but I'm still going with it.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it so feels people, like it, yes, yeah, for sure. You just
1: get out of the weeds and and sort of think a little more strategically or get to some things that, mm-hmm. you know, are hard to get to in the grind of the day-to-day. Yeah. And I think, you know, mental health, especially now, is again, you know, with the pressure of working from home and all the impacts of COVID and so forth. I see this all over the place. I mean, people just need to make the time. And I'm not great about this, but it's something I always strive to do better to, you know, to either take a walk, meditate, do yoga, like something that just relaxes your brain and gives gives you a little bit of a reset and a break, take some deep breaths, listen to some inspiring music, whatever it might be. It just makes such a big difference. And the other thing I'll say related to that is I, you know, when I was earlier in my career, all those years I just felt like you know work had to be the priority and that meant you know whatever hours it took and whatever
0: yeah
1: of my time it took to make things happen and and all of that and but I had such a short-term view of that which I think is kind of natural when you're early in your career because you just are trying to get to like to the next level yeah. and the next, next level, level. Mm-hmm. yeah and then over time if you do get an opportunity to step back you can sort of say like okay but how much of that's really sustainable? And it can still be if you're, you don't have to be in a relationship, you don't have to have kids, you don't have to have elder parents who are caring for any of that, even if it's just you. It's not sustainable just for any individual to be churning, 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 you know, around the clock all the time. Like we, for our sustainability, we really do need to have those boundaries and those sacred times for ourselves where we
0: can for sure just have some downtime. Let's talk about the past you know 18 months and the impact i mean i think for me i had have, have had the op- opportunity to work virtually for a long time right at Accenture we we all work virtually or in the office we worked vir- it was just very normal what's been different is that the past 18 months you had to work virtually, Mm -hmm. you're relying so much more on Zoom, there's not as much physical interaction. And I've actually, you know, I had conversations, you and I've talked about some of them, where with clients and friends who have talked about the difficulty of setting boundaries, when it is just a continuous flow Mm -hmm. of yeah. zoom calls and and do you think in a in this kind of working environment this hybrid working environment they're all kind of living in now do you think that changes how we think about boundaries we need to look at it differently use different strategies what do you think i do i think it it puts even more urgency
1: on recognizing where you need to draw your own boundaries because we've lost the natural break even if and i similar to you i you know, was either on the road or working remotely and sometimes in the office, but, you know, there was, it was very fluid. I think what's happening now is because everyone is remote, we've lost the natural boundaries that happen with commuting times. So you, you lose sort of the natural, like, okay, my day starts at this time, my day for the most part (laughs) ends at this time. And now it's sort of like, well, it could just sort of go on and on, or I could start earlier. Oh, I can be even more productive because now I don't have to drive or (laughs) or take the train, but it's an easy kind of trap to fall into, you know, and I think most of us who've, who have gotten sucked into that or just naturally fallen into it, then we hit some burnout because again, you're like not giving yourself the time to wind down at the end of the day and, you know, and have, have a little bit of a mental break, get some personal time in, do something fun, you know, all those things are so important. So I do think it puts more pressure on. I also think the other thing that's happened that's so interesting is even for people who live in a like back-to-back meeting environment, the ones who were in the office, even if they were back-to-back, there were kind of natural breaks of either ending early to get to the next meeting or the next meeting mm-hmm. starting a few minutes late because people were coming from somewhere else. But it there was like that five minutes <laughs> in between or 10 minutes in between and that's gone. And I have had so many people tell me, like, I have to remember, and you and I talked about this too, like to eat lunch. I have, I have somebody who's, like to, <laughs> told me, I have to remember I need to like have time to get up and like go to the bathroom. I have to, yeah. you can walk around the house. I have to, you know, just, it can, the back to backness of it when it's all on video mm-hmm. makes it so much harder because it's like, oh, I just click off one button onto another, but you don't have that five minute, Breather in between, Mm -hmm. even if the five minutes was rushing, it was still at least not having to be quite so on.
0: Right. And it may be, you know, I think what you're saying is you may have, even when you had office time, you may have had a better grip on your boundaries, even though now we think that we have a lot more flexibility. You know, if you haven't really taken a new look at your boundaries and you're working differently, maybe you need to and think about. How do I want to change those boundaries? It's funny you talk about the commute time. I had one a client tell me a couple of weeks ago. Most people complain about commute time. I loved my commute time. It was my transition time. It was my time to myself mm-hmm. that I could think. I could listen to a podcast or music or whatever. And we don't have that anymore. So I do yeah. think that's you know an important one. I also want to talk about. I mean, Michelle, you have done so much in inclusion, diversity, equality equity that's how you spend your days with clients and what you think about I'm curious how do you connect boundaries with that topic how do you see those two connected
1: yeah i do think there's a pretty strong connection there i think especially given all of the things that have happened in the last mm-hmm. year and a half since the george george floyd murder and all, you know all of the sort of this renewed and more intensified focus on diversity and inclusion in the workplace, I think, if you know, particularly for people who are in any kind of minority group, those folks are being either looked at or asked a lot more to be, you know, the guides for of their quote unquote people, <laughs> you know, like informers to the rest of the mm-hmm. folks in a given company on what's needed and how to be more sensitive and how to be more respectful, and you know, should we be recruiting differently? Should we be training differently? Hiring, differently? You know, sort of ask constantly for input, which is coming from a good place, but is exhausting for the person put in that position. So, like, really protecting that time, I think, is important. The other part of it is, and this is really for everyone that you know, sense of inclusion. It's it's so easy, I think, with this, as we forget about the natural breaks and boundaries we had previously. And also we've lost all the natural kind of in-office interactions and casual, you know, check-ins and things like that, or running into each other in the lunchroom. It's very easy for a lot of people to feel very isolated during this time. And so it takes a concerted effort, a lot of intentionality, on reaching out and making sure people are feeling heard, that they're feeling seen, that they feel like they still belong, they've got a voice, and they're included in big and small things. So I think leaders are in a particularly important position to make sure that's happening, not to such an extreme point that then, you know, because you can kind of over-index the other way, over-correct, you know, that, that you're adding a, you know, a something that becomes a burden or a hassle, you know, onto the employees end, but like enough that they still feel connected that you're kind of find a creative way to sync back up with some of the folks that you aren't always in meetings with and, and just, Mm -hmm. you know, check in and touch base and make sure that they're doing okay and maybe help them figure out where they need to be able to establish some boundaries and, and how you can work on that together and support them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When I worked, you know, for, all of my teams that I've worked with over the years, we always sat down, and anyone who hadn't worked with me before was always surprised by this. But I would make people set personal goals as well as professional goals, and that the personal goal had to include something like really they were doing not for their career advancement but for themselves. And then we would like work that into the team schedules so people could rotate. I feel like that is becoming even more important now to make sure that you know if somebody needs you know it's their way of getting a break is to go to a yoga class in the middle of the day or go to the gym or something there's really no reason you can't accommodate that now i mean you know maybe it's not on a specific day of a major meeting but you know there's just so much more flexibility now i think you can take advantage of that to make sure your colleagues and your employees are feeling much more you know included in in how their sort of overall well-being is being supported and addressed
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what I hear you saying is you can keep your boundaries, but still have those same big goals and personal goals, but maybe you can find a way to to fit them together. And I also love your comment about, you know, being connected. And one thing that comes to my mind uh, in trying to put the topic of boundaries and being connected with people that might not feel as included is, a friend of mine also has been a client and friend, but one of his habits, and he's he's going back into the office, is on his way home or on his way in or when he's in the car, he'll pick up the phone and check in on you. How are you doing? How are things going? And, and it's not affecting his boundaries because when he arrives where he's arriving, he's done. He's like, got to go, go in the office. Or I'm at my house, but I just wanted to say hello. And I, I thought that's a really good strategy for keeping your boundaries but also, you know, mm-hmm. staying connected with people that might need it given that that's, you know, something I know you think a lot about. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. that's a wonderful way to cuz it it kind of t- naturally time boxes it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's true.
1: But it's a great that's such a great way to use that time and and such a good habit to build. It's really important. Yes. And I think for people who don't naturally do it, you've got to be really intentional about it and I'm I have worked with organizations that are trying very hard to be more inclusive and what, and sometimes the missing piece is that they're just not very, while they're people focused in their development of people, they may not be people focused in their personal interactions with people. So you've got to kind of, you know, just be again, very intentional about it and take that on, you know, as a group of leaders to start to build out that behavior and and do those, you know, 20 minute Check-ins, maybe it's now a virtual coffee or you know, a virtual mm-hmm. lunch or whatever it might be, but still doing them. And and sometimes picking up the phone is the best thing. We don't all have to be on video all day long. <laughs>
0: we do, we do <laughs> not. No, we need a we need a break. What you're talking about here is, I think I'm gonna. put where's it in your mouth that you can keep your boundaries and not give up some of these other important priorities and staying connected with them. You can do both.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. You can do it on your terms. You can do
0: it on your terms. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely. And I think, so I think the, the the step that maybe people miss is there's an assumption that if I do a boundary, that means I'm saying no to something I need to say yes to, or they feel Mm -hmm. like they're saying no to something they feel like they need to say yes to, or be perceived as saying yes to. And you can, say yes and do it. It can be a yes and, and the and is the way that you need to do it to make it work for you.
0: For you. Okay. Let's now, let's talk about some of the tensions that appear in setting boundaries. The ones that you and I have heard about a lot from our friends and circle, often the ones, the people who are the most productive and the busiest they tend to be the go-to people on everything because yes. they are good and they make everything look easy. We know who those people are. Yes, and I was talking, having the conversation about this with somebody on our on our team. I guess a few weeks, and we are laughing about why why does this happen? And yet, when you introduce this cop this uh, topic of boundaries, then it that gets hard. What do you do if you are the go-to for everybody? Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, definitely some people, I mean, they they are the go-to and then they develop a reputation for being the go-to. So then anything that someone doesn't know else who else to turn to, they they turn to that person. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) Um, both family and at work. I mean, it's the same person, right? Yes, Yes. it definitely
1: is. And that person tends to be really resourceful. So if they can't figure it out, they or don't know the answer, they tend to know someone else Mm -hmm. who does. I think if you're the person, if you're the person on the receiving end of that, if you're the person who's really busy and you've got a lot on your plate and you're always being asked to help or do more or whatever, I think that's where you get into sort of, you know, again, that long-term, like what does (laughs) self-preservation look like for me and and how do I manage this? And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to say no, but it does mean that you're maybe a little bit more particular about not just who you say yes to, but how much time you will commit to people. So I have a good friend who is a, he's known for being the go-to person in the retail industry and, you know, for any retail related Mm -hmm. questions, he's really well networked. Very generous with his time, so he gets asked for a lot of coffees, a lot of lunches, a lot of you know <laughs> meet for a drink, a lot, of, a lot of Zoom calls, all those kinds of things. And what he started doing, um, he kind of took advantage of the pandemic to say, you know, first of all, we can't meet in person, but secondly, he would be much more specific about the, not just the start time of a meeting, but the end time. Yes. And so he would cap it at 20 minutes or 30 minutes and it would manage his schedule more effectively. And it became, you know, in some ways it's a lot easier to disengage when you're on a video call or a phone call than it is when you're in person. Cause when you're in person, you may feel like you have to sort of keep, keep going or someone brings up another question. You're like, well, I have five more minutes. You can take advantage of that to protect your time. The other thing that I personally have started using is to make sure that I'm really the right one to answer the question, but to do that when the request for time comes up, rather than when I'm actually in the meeting or coffee date or discussion, so that I can more proactively, if I I know my answer is going to be, you really should talk to this other person, that I just do that when the request happens, rather than waiting to see if there's more there and and have faith that, you know, if there's more there, then somebody will come back to me if I really need to help. more.
0: I think too, even in your ongoing relationships with, you know, with your team or with your family or whatever, if you take pride of being the fixer, being the one, you know, you've got to let that go a little bit and know, I like your point of, How much time? Maybe instead of taking out, well, let me do that. Maybe it's like, here's a couple of ideas you might want to try out, or maybe this other person could take this on, or I can help you, but it'll be a couple of weeks, whatever it might look like. Yes. Uh, Because I think sometimes we do it to ourselves, don't we? You know, it's like how we see ourselves, boundaries sometimes can clash right up against it.
1: Definitely. Right now, I'm serving as a mentor in the United Way Social Innovation Program. And what's really interesting about the way they set up the mentor relationships is you as a mentor are only allowed to ask questions that will help your mentee figure out where they should, what path they should go down or suggest potential directions they can go. But you are not allowed to be a doer in any shape or form. Interesting. And I thought going into that, like, oh, that's great. No problem. <laughs> and about 20 minutes into my conversations, with my mentees, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I just want to go do it or show them how to do it. And, you know, I mean, so I think you're right. Like we have these tendencies to want to go do it with them. Or even if you like to teach other people, you right. want to, you know, maybe just be side by side a little more. And so it, that actually has helped me even remember, like, I need to have that discipline too of, you know, sometimes part of what is really beneficial is to help the other person learn how to do it themselves. And, right. and that is sort of a win-win because they develop a skill or they make a new contact or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and you don't have to spend as much time and energy helping them make that happen.
0: Right. Or tell aunt Susie that, well, you know, maybe we could rotate and do, yes. you, know, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, you know, the obstacles, what gets in our way. Cause we, I think we would all say, absolutely. Boundaries, those are a good thing. Yes, 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 yes. It's more what gets in our way. And then the other thing I've thought of is another thing you and I've talked about is when you own your business, when you are in consulting, if you are in roles, which many of us are, are in service roles that by design are there to help others accomplish their goals. That's another tension. I mean, how can you set your boundaries when in fact, part of what your purpose is is to help others do their accomplish their thing. So is that you and I are both in the consulting business. We we live this every day. What do you think works in that situation?
1: You know, I think part of the discipline that you learn after doing consulting for many years is to you always start with a statement of work. And the statement of work requires you to be really specific on the scope. And I think that even if you're not in project work or in consulting, I, I love that concept of what is my scope of what I'm yeah. really supposed to be doing. And that, that sort of serves as a boundary, really. So it says, you know, yeah. this is where we are going to work, this is where we're not. And if it starts to creep out into where we're not, we need to have a conversation. I also think, you know, sort of in your mind, defining sometimes... In that kind of work, you are doing work for them, and sometimes meaning you're going off and developing a perspective or some materials or whatever, and kind of presenting to them and other cases, you're really helping bring them along and so I think being clear on which thing it is, and you know depending on that, like you maybe may need to partner with the client, have them take on some of it with you so you're kind of going side by side and I think that also applies in a lot of different work situations but i think the toughest is if you've been and i was definitely one of these people <laughs> raised to be a pleaser <laughs> oh oh
0: then, for me too for sure
1: yeah then it's very natural to go into you know come into a job that is service oriented that feels really good it like fills all fills your bucket and all that good stuff and but you can you know you can definitely get sort of sucked into a deep hole of like doing too much and so i think just I mean, all of us, we've all made mistakes and you just have to learn from those mistakes and then start to figure out when am I getting that like spidey sense that this maybe is going to, has a sucking sound that <laughs> sounds a little bit <laughs> too strong that I'm going in a place that, you know, is more than I really mm-hmm. need to do. I-, I think also, Patty, you and I both and many other people, we know, you know, we want to over deliver. We want to make sure we're, For sure
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: just giving everything we can. And I think you can still do that and and maintain some sense of boundaries and, and, you know, realistic work life, I wouldn't say balance, but work life, whatever, balancing. <laughs> it's just, I think being really taking the time up front to make sure you're clear on what you're committing to and what it's going to take to make that happen. And scheduling realistically is a big part of it. Just so you don't get yourself macked into a corner where you're working around the clock or sacrificing other things. that That's a big part of it too.
0: Yeah, I think too, I mean, your, your comment about pleaser, often that is associated with research on women. But I also think is if you are addicted to praise approval, it's the same thing, right? You're just, that is so powerful for you that again, back to the tension, the conflict, you're picking that over your boundaries, which are your boundaries, I would think, are kind of like the vehicle to having a, a life that, you want, being able to have some peace, being able to keep your mental health, all those things, it's a vehicle toward that. So I think, you know, I would encourage anyone that, you know, see so if you're thinking about this topic is really think for your own self, what are those obstacles that are just baked in you that you know you're going to, you know, you're going to have to face, whether it's pleasing or approval or because, you know. Talk to me a little bit about something. This is, we were actually, we talked about this podcast and you mentioned it about, Beware of the takers because they're going to test you on your boundaries. <laughs> and we know those people. We know the takers, mm-hmm. right? It sometimes it's not situational, it's the person. How yes. do you deal with that? What yeah. advice do you have on that front?
1: So this I've definitely learned the hard way and I would say it's you know, we all have this in our professional lives and it's very easy to have it in your personal life. You can even have it with, you know, family and, you know, people that you can't just sort of like easily distance yourself from. So that can make it particularly challenging. But I think, you know, definitely recognizing that that is is not just, you know, something that happens sometimes, but if you start to really understand that this is just part of who that person is, you really need to pay attention to that because they are, it's not that they're not thankful, that they're not nice, that any of those things. It's just some people are just takers. They're going to take, 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 and that's just how they're wired or, you know, whatever it might be. Those people, more than anyone, need you to be probably very clearly articulate about your boundaries. And I had a hard time with that for a long time. And then I realized, you know, what I need to do is say something that, you know, it's not mean or, or yeah, anything not disrespectful, but it's more about sometimes it's more about when you can make it about yourself when you're setting that boundary, it makes it really hard for that person to argue with you because <laughs> what I had trouble with was sometimes the person who was a taker never saw anything wrong with asking too much. And so if you tried to sort of give a reason for, well, but this other thing's happening or this that the other they you know, they would always have an answer. And when I finally centered on I just can't do that right now. This, you know, this is the best I can do. I can provide this for, you know, for these other things you need to go to this other person, but kind of center it in yourself that tend to have the greatest success. The other thing I've learned sometimes with people or takers, sometimes there can be a passive aggressive tone to some of that. And so as a pleaser, I would always sort of be like, well, if I just do one more thing, then that person will be satisfied and then everything will be fine. There's never the one more thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a hundred more things. It doesn't stop. And, Mm -hmm. and again, I found with folks like that, like being really clear on my boundaries was really important. And sometimes, you know, that relationship, you know, would be tough and uncomfortable and it kind of would get, I've had situations where it would get to a point where it was better for me to say something have the discomfort of saying something very direct and like ending the taking than it was to put myself in a position where I knew I was always dreading this person coming back to me, wanting more and more and more all the time. So sometimes you have to kind of even weigh Mm -hmm. like the discomfort scale to figure out where do I just, I really just need this to stop. I worked in one organization that almost everyone around me was like that. It was a really bad cultural fit for me. (laughs) And, and so I learned, you know, I had to learn really fast on how to still be very professional and deliver and deliver high quality, but draw the line when that was enough. And, you know, I think everyone has to sort of find their own way to get there and their own language to use to make that feel, you know, authentic to them. But I just could feel like if I didn't do that, I was going to drown because I just wouldn't ever feel like I was succeeding.
0: Right. You've got to be, you have
1: to really pay attention when that starts to happen. It's a real thing for sure. And
0: it is. And that's it, never you, a good
1: other You give them enough that they're satisfied. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I love your kind of no apologies approach of, and even your earlier example. I'm not suggesting that the the individual you worked with that he was a taker, but that you said, you know what, I I can definitely get that for you on on Monday morning, but weekend times, blah blah blah. I mean, and feeling comfortable doing that. I can remember earlier in my career having an opportunity to work for someone who was a taker and a Workaholic, like twenty four seven guy, and I can remember going in on the front end and say, "Look, I will consider this. I would, but here are here are my bound. Ba- I didn't call them boundaries, but this is a way it would have to work for me." And it was like, you know, whether it involved travel, it involved I'll have to have a number two who can do these things because I knew and and actually it worked. But I do think there are times, I mean, as you're describing, you got to know going in if it's a new job, if it's a relationship that. You know what? Boundaries is a good, well, boundaries work with this individual, with this taker. If you decide they probably won't, maybe that's not where you want to be. You know, maybe that's not the right team, not the right person to work for, or whatever, you know? Yeah,
1: definitely. Mm-hmm. I learned some of my best lessons on boundaries with difficult people when my kids were toddlers.
0: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: You know, and you set a boundary <laughs> and they have a temper tantrum and that's like the big character challenge of, do I just give in? And then I'm, because I'm mm-hmm. worn out and I just can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> and then <you> stop, <laughs> But then I've set, you know, I've set this, you know, like set the example that if they whine and thrash around on the floor, mm-hmm. that they get their way, or do I hold the line and then you know, they learned the tough lesson and event and then I can like respect myself, even though it's still really hard to go through. And I was by no means perfect, but I I started to look around in with the adults in my life and realized they were some of them were having adult versions of temper tantrums. And when I realized that it made it a lot easier for me to just say, like, I really have to stick to my guns because mm-hmm. if I don't, this will never end. Mm-hmm. It'll yeah. never end. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the best thing is for those people to be a little bit annoyed with you, but still, you know, see you as professional and and good at your job. But like, maybe you're not the person that gives them everything they want. They end up usually going somewhere else, which is good for everybody.
0: It's <laughs> good for everybody. Yeah. Well, I know we're almost out of time that I'm i picturing someone listening and I would like for you to say, Okay. If you really want to make progress on setting your own boundaries, what are two or three tips, two or three coach points you would give to someone who knows they need to they need to make some progress in this area?
1: Oh gosh. I so I'll I'll give one very immediate term and one long term. So the immediate okay. term, I would say think about take a minute and sort of I picture your ideal work day and What would it take for you to be able to have that workday happen, whether it be it's really productive, you go meet a new client, you know, whatever it might be, what do you need to set boundaries? Like what's keeping you from making that happen on a regular basis? Odds are whatever that is, like you need, that's what you need to set some boundaries around. That could be starting your day earlier. It could be starting your day later and having, you know, more personal time to get a few things out of the way before you focus on work. It could be any number of things, but I think that's a great place to start in the immediate term. The second one is I feel like boundaries are very much that it's kind of one of the major enablers for achieving your big picture goals. So I would also say, you know, sit down and think about, you know, what are your, and this can be personal or professional, your goals over the next year, two years, whatever it might be, what is it going to take to really make progress on that? And how can you build boundaries around, other things to make sure that you're moving that, that goal forward as well. You know, for anyone who's launching a new venture, taking on, like, I'm sure Patty, this happened for you starting a podcast. Like you've got to carve out time to do that. And (laughs) it doesn't just naturally happen in the five and 10 minute little blips of time (laughs) we get throughout the day. So Mm -hmm. use boundaries to enable that too. I think that's a a great way to think about Mm it.
0: Cause I think what you're pointing out here, it's in boundaries, not just to protect your time, but it's boundaries to use the timey way you want to use it. Is that? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it just helps center things back around you. It's so easy for us to get pulled by what everyone else needs. And sometimes that can be endless. And, you know, if you don't center back on, well, what do I need? Like I have to be part of the, in the mix of what everybody needs. I'm, I'm somebody too. <laughs> and the boundary is a great way to, to set that up so that you're protecting your time and what and what's important to you.
0: Yes, because I think what we've touched on—we talked a lot about time. But you're mentioning priorities. You're mentioning, mm-hmm. you know, your values, what you care most about, yeah. and starting there and working out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just your Especially, energy, yeah. Your, mm-hmm. yeah, your enthusiasm,
1: your energy, some excitement. I mean, they're they're all very much tied together.
0: Mm-hmm. I love this conversation and I, I so appreciate you making time to do it. And speaking of boundaries, the fact that you you put me on your list to have this conversation because I know how busy you are. But I hope, I would encourage anyone listening, this is not a quick fix. And I think what you're hearing from both of us is keeping it front and center in the way you think and knowing that it, it's a journey uh, to, to be tried. But It takes time. I still working on it. Michelle, you're still working on it. So, um, but if you keep at it, it can really have a big impact, you know, on your life. So I appreciate you making the time so much. And again, remember to follow Michelle, check her out on LinkedIn, her website at equity at work and, Because there's so much that she offers, not only on this topic, but on diversity, inclusion, equity that's so important in our world right now. So thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining. Okay. Thank you all for joining us today for Be a Wave Maker: Conversations on Change. I hope you learned something new that you can take back and use. Please subscribe as we'll have more Conversations on Change coming very soon. Have a great week.